0: hello and welcome to the make dope shit podcast It's a series of interviews about making stuff it's really that simple ultimately i'm just sitting down with a bunch of artists and talking about their craft and whatever they do this episode is with phantom phantom is a musician actor and founder of dyd publishing i sat down with phantom in his home studio to talk about his variety of experience how he got into performing music how he got into acting on a soap opera in i think it was peru if it's not peru you'll have to listen to the episode i'm not looking at the transcript right now so i'm not actually i don't actually remember but yeah and his approach to running a label and collaborating with all sorts of artists so you can listen to Phantom's music wherever you listen to music, or hit him up at dyd Do Your Dance on Instagram. Visit his website at DoYourDanceDYD.com dot com, or check the description wherever you're listening to this to get any sort of links to his information. So, without further ado, my conversation with Phantom. We'll just get right into it. Um, what have What have you been up to lately? What have you been working on? what uh,
1: What's What's going on in your life? Well, uh, as far as what I'm working on, really. As as DYD is now growing and I'm really starting to I guess make it more of a business and not just an individualistic artist thing. I have really just kind of been finding ways to up the business side of things. So I have different artists on you know, on the label, on the publishing company. And now I'm kind of figuring out ways to boost all of our music. Together, you know, my music, their music as well, and really diving into what I've noticed mostly is everybody loves visual content. So Mm. I can have all these songs out all day, and you know, I release one music video from a song I did in 2016, and then somebody Mm. comes up and they're like, "Oh, I love your new song!" I'm like, "That's been out for like years." (laughs) Yeah. But visual content seems to be the way to go. So now I'm working with as many people as I can to get as many videos and many photos as I can get get done. So, so
0: um. We'll we'll get into like kind of some of the newer stuff that you're doing with it. But first for, I guess, the the folks listening. Oh, yeah. Give me a little bit of an overview of like your your model as a record label, because I've always thought you had a kind of unique approach in that your I believe what you had said when we kind of first talked about it was your goal with it is to teach artists how to do it themselves. Like that's kind of the purpose of it. So tell me a little bit about, you know, DYD and, and your goals and, and how it all works.
1: Yeah, definitely. That is hundred percent where i kind of came at this so dyd stands for do your dance do your dance means to be yourself do your own thing put you know do what you were put on this earth to do and that's kind of the the whole goal so when i got signed to my first label and as i've seen like you said other people get signed to labels and i kind of saw how the structure worked i was like oh well, this is something I know how to do. You know, I can find a distribution service and get their music out and kind of be done with it. But as I was learning, I was like, I feel like it's going to be more beneficial for not only me, but especially the artists to learn all of the ins and outs. Mm -hmm. So basically my goal is to teach an artist how to run social media, teach them about their performing rights organizations, teach them about the copyrights and all of that kind of work. And I don't ask... Any money from them that work with the artists on on their contract about what I'm providing to them and what they're gaining and at the same time teaching them how to you know say they wanted to kind of go off on their own and and release their own music they could but they will see the benefit from going with us and working with a group of people and kind of creating this collaborative space more than just an individualistic oh I want to be the best artist to come out of Cincinnati it's going to be Mm -hmm. more like we want to create this more of a Atlanta kind of style or L.A. kind of style where the whole city kind of gets built up Mm -hmm. as more people learn how the business works in general. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, not only teaching them those goals, but not signing them for a period of time. Mm -hmm. So we sign per project. You know, you want to release a single, you want to release an EP, you want to release an album you're assigned for that specific project and then we move on and, you know, you can do something else you can come back, you can stick with us for every release. It just kind of depends. So,
0: So, and kind of the thing that, that stood out in some of the stuff you were talking about there was the, uh, the community aspect of it, right? The, the kind of collective aspect of it. How do you, as somebody who's running a label and working with a bunch of different artists, how do you approach, you know, collaboration and like, trying to to get folks to work together and and bring ideas to the table like that? So my biggest thing
1: is, so I I have a bachelor, one of my bachelors is in psychology. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed that dealing with people on a personable level is always the very beginning step. So- Because people's artists, you know, artist names and their music and their style can always fit together. But Mm -hmm. if people can't work well together, it's not going to work, (laughs) Mm -hmm. no matter how, you know, great they sound on a track. So, my first goal is to get to know them on a human level of, you know, what are you about? What do you want to go with your music? What, you know, what are your goals? You know, what do you do for fun? Those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So, once I kind of get that under my belt, I, do an introduction based off of the two things that can kind of bring the two different artists in common together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so yeah. I guess not to, not to kind of
0: derail you there, but mm-hmm. what are, while we're on that discussion of like kind of getting to know people, what are the like standout characteristics that you'll notice in somebody like in terms of their, their creative ideas or brainstorming? Like what are the, what are the things or the, the elements or the characteristics that you're looking for from a like,
1: artistic perspective? So I think the very first thing before I even move forward with adding them to the publishing company at all is their work ethic. That's mm-hmm. the very first thing I focus on, especially with newer independent artists. You you get a lot of uh, roller coaster artists is what mm-hmm. I call them. You know, they'll work really hard for a while and then they'll fall off and I won't hear from them or they'll work really hard for a while and they'll fall off. If I can find somebody who's consistently working and I'm consistently getting responses from them, that's the very first thing. After that, I want to work with somebody who has a future goal you know if your goal is i want to release this and you know that's kind of all i really want to do they they don't really have an aspiration to quote unquote make it big Mm -hmm. so if they you know aren't really interested in performing or they don't want to put themselves out there then it just doesn't seem like a good you know it it seemed like it might waste everybody's time Mm -hmm. for everybody to put that much time into especially you know it takes a lot of time to do this stuff, so yeah, I like yeah. to work with people who are consistent and have a future goal. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a scope on their um, on the project, other than just you know doing one project to to kind of do it and right. to have said you've done it right. Mm-hmm. Having a kind of a greater artistic vision outside of just you know one individual thing. Right. Right. Definitely. Let's say you've got like a couple of artists that you're that you're working with. What does the process look like for or or here? Let me let me kind of pull everything back a step, Mm -hmm. maybe with a bit of a clarifying question. Do who who does a lot of the production and the recording and all that? I mean, for those who don't know, because which is probably everybody, Mm because there's no video here. We're sitting in uh, in your home studio. Um, You know, there's a recording booth you know, a couple feet away from us at this moment. So I'm I'm kind of assuming the answer to that question is you. Um but I guess just to to clarify, like how does the the logistics of it all work, right? Like if you've got an artist that's like, hey, I want to record this track, like what's that what's the the logistical process of it look like for yeah. getting it made?
1: So I guess the first and foremost, I am very non genre specific. So if you work and you're an artist, that's good with me. So that's the first step. Second step is how will you record your music? So if it's a band per se, as you said, we are sitting in the recording booth. I don't have live instruments in here. I mean, I do have a guitar sitting over there, but usually, if it's a band, you know, they can send in their stuff. Yeah. But getting a drum kit in here and kidding it up would be a bit of a, a bit of an endeavor. <laughs> yes, we are on the third floor, no elevator, so that's not that's not going to be as fun. But usually worked mostly with hip hop slash R&B slash poppy kind of artists. So they'll have some sort of backing track that we can upload into my pro tools. So what we'll all do is I have, you know, a plethora of beats that I've gotten from many different engineers in the past and things like that. I'm not so great at making beats myself. I do want to get better at that, but A lot of the times the artists will already have a beat either they bought or they know the person who's the uh, engineer and they bring it in. And then I also work with them on the legality of, okay, if we're going to use somebody else's beat, do they know, did you get it legally, you know, all that jazz. So they either come in here and set up and record over uh, Pro Tools, not Pro Tools anymore, I'm on Logic now or they will record in their own studios and things like that. Send me over each individual track. I'll mix, send them revisions, mix, send them revisions until we get what it likes. And then nowadays I'm starting to work in Illustrator and Photoshop myself to create different album covers. If they don't already have an idea, you know, we'll kind of sit down and come up with one together. Then we talk about release dates and we talk about you know, how streaming services work. Obviously, like I said, it's a teaching moment where I tell them, you know, streaming services only pay you every quarter you Can kind of send you each individual um, statistic on, you know, who's liking your music, who's playing your music, where are they at, how old are they, what age are they, you know, all of that jazz. And uh, yeah, so that's the logistics there.
0: Gotcha. So then you're, let's say you've got a, like you've got an instrumental that you're working with. Um, let's say like hypothetically, you've got an artist who, you know, they don't have a written verse or like any written material. They've just got like kind of a couple of ideas bouncing around and a a track that they like, like what does the process look like to, you know, get the idea down and, and
1: to, to grow it into a proper song. Mm -hmm. Right. So like before the recording process happens kind Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. area. So like I said, I do like to work with artists who have been working consistently. So I haven't come across that a lot, but I do have, I think maybe once or twice now, and I do have an artist that I'm currently working with where this is their beginning. You know, they've never wrote, wrote a song and all of that kind of work. So the very first process is to get their creativity moving. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to encourage them and kind of pressure them to put something down. Mm-hmm. I don't want to step in until you have something on paper, until you have your an idea. And when we have an idea, then we work on putting together the lyrics in the way that sound good so really quick not to interrupt again but i want to i want to kind of
0: take a moment to touch on that like getting an idea or getting the creativity rolling as Mm -hmm. you said is there anything in particular that you'll like kind of have an artist do or or like certain exercises or stuff like that or is it just like go write stuff down like what's that what are kind of some of the things that you do to to trigger some of that so Triggering
1: that, I think, is so individualistic. Mm -hmm. Um, As you know, as being a creator, everybody has some sort of process. So Mm -hmm. what I do is kind of give my own personal experience. So for me, the best way to trigger my creativity is to, it's usually at night, I'm up here, lights are usually off, maybe I have a glass of wine, and I'm just kind of vibing out, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of kicks in my creativity. So I'll share that with them. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, go to a place where you just can feel open you know, in in your mind to where you can kind of let yourself go Mm -hmm. and to be... To be you, to do your dance. You yep, know? <laughs> to, to just kind of do that, and you know, maybe it's running, maybe it's you know taking a walk, or it could be anything. Mm-hmm. So when you kind of get to that space where you're, you know, the the space you go to when you're having writer's block, even if you haven't had writer's block yet, but the place you go to that can kind of open your mind, open your your space. And then once we're there, that's when, you know, I feel like the lyrics can come out and at least some sort of words or an idea of a song or Mm -hmm. idea of a music video may come first. And then we need to go to the song or, you know, maybe we become a title and then we need to go to the lyrics kind of thing. So. Mm -hmm. And so then what's the process? Like you've got,
0: you've got kind of the creativity rolling. You've got the ideas coming out. Like where, where do you stop the, the process of hey, we're just kind of capturing, we're just getting whatever ideas we can and start sifting through things and, and you know, whittling it down into a... Um, taking it from something that's a little bit more abstract and kind of honing it into
1: a into a song. So I think it would be after we have, I guess, a main goal. You know, we have a title, we have what the song's about, we have a beat, you know, we might even have some music video ideas. And then at that point, it's like, okay, now it's time to write. Now it's time to actually you know, put pen to pad and figure this out. And what I've noticed when it comes to do, working with um, especially newer artists, there's always, there's two camps of people. There's there's a camp of people who have the rhythm down and they don't have the lyrics down or they have the lyrics, but they don't have the rhythm. Hmm. And kind of identify that as soon as I can to figure out where most of our time is going to be spent. And you know, if it's the lyrics, if they have a great beat, you know, they can flow all day and you know, they they, they can listen to songs and kind of stay on beat and they need to work on lyrics. What I'll kind of do is share, you know, talk to them about artists that they like, and we can kind of go through their music and kind of see like, you know, the meaning behind, you know, I don't want just plain lyrics. That's a, I guess, another part of uh, the label is I really look for, you know, not that there's any type of music that doesn't work out, but I like music that the lyrics do matter. Mm-hmm. So we'll kind of look at that. If it's the beat side, if they need to learn how to stay on beat, that's usually the harder side. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we sitting here for hours and we keep doing the song over and over until it's on beat, you know, we practice. listen to, yes, practice, 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 you know, listen for that hi-hat, understand where the downbeat happens, understand where the song is going to repeat again, because that is usually a harder, uh, harder piece to get down. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so uh,
0: with, with some of that creative process, right? I'll, I'll kind of use this to jump off on, onto some of your own stuff. What? do you have any sort of like routines or or regular times that you're like kind of when you mentioned you know for you personally it's you know you're up here you're in the studio you know maybe you've got a glass of wine you're just chilling you're trying to get into that space do you have any sort of like routines or or things that you'll do on a regular basis to try and get into that mind space or like what is your like process or effort look like to try and get yourself there
1: Mm. so i can usually tell that I'm having like this itch to to create during the day. Mm-hmm. And during the day, it's like, it's coming on, you know, I listen to music all day and it, it almost makes me want to turn on an instrumental and freestyle on my mm-hmm. drive or something like that. I'm like, okay, I, I definitely, I'm in this space. Uh, and what I'll do to kind of start to cultivate that a little bit is when I do get home and I do have the time, the time for me is generally, I know it's going to sound a little bit wild, but I, I generally work from about 1am to 3am. Mm-hmm. That's like my, for some reason that's just my time. I don't know. As you can see, I can keep it dark in here. It's my bat cave. This is where <laughs> this is where it all starts to happen. So it's about, you know, twelve, it's about midnight, it's about one. It's it's time to start getting into the space. First thing I do is I'll come up here and I'll start sifting through the catalog of beats. I'm a person who likes to find my beat first. Before I even have a song idea, before I have any other idea, my, my first goal is I need to hear some music that will speak to me. Hmm. And once I get to that beat, you know, it just kind of clicks. It's like, oh, this is the song I'm going to write today. And we'll play that beat over and over, put it on repeat. And then I'll kind of just sit to myself, maybe freestyle a little bit, maybe go through lines that I've kind of written down throughout the day. Maybe even go back to previous songs that I may have started but didn't finish. Just kind of get into that mind space until I've thought of an idea. Okay, this is going to be what the song's about. And I can kind of move from there. So then, are is this something that you're doing
0: like every night? Is every night from like you know midnight to three a.m. you're in here working, or is it is it more on a on a feel?
1: So it used to be,
0: and I guess yeah, I'll, I'll
1: with the, <laughs> the caveat
0: of. Uh that you did just have a child yeah, um, yes. recently. So that I'm <laughs> sure has, has uh, um, created all sorts of unique wrinkles in oh. your regular process. Yeah, right. um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah. But he's, uh, you know, he's already been up here. I've had him in the booth. I've held him while I've been making music at one point. There's That's a awesome. video of that somewhere. I can't remember where uh, awesome my brother, I think has it actually. But shout man. out Matt. Yeah. Shout out to <laughs> Matt. <laughs> so, It used to be more prevalent back when I first started, before DUID was an LLC. Mm -hmm. When it was like, you know, just phantom rapping, and DUID was going to be the overall goal. It used to be every night, midnight, one AM. I am uh, sitting in the booth, or I mean, sitting in the studio, or somewhere, usually in the dark, trying to get it down. But now it's coming to the point where, and you know, on a positive note, that I'm wanting to. Build this more than just myself. So Mm -hmm. that's when it started to be okay. On this night, I need to look at, you know, running a business. At this Mm -hmm. night, I need to look at running through social media. This night, I need to look at, you know, what are the new marketing trends that are going on. So it's not always been a creative mode for me anymore. Or maybe I need to work on somebody else's song to kind Mm -hmm. of mix their stuff. So when I can, I like to do it myself, of course. But now it's been more on the paperwork side of things.
0: Yeah. How do you feel if that's, do you think that that has, like enhanced those those creative sessions do you feel like if you know you've got now this buildup of ideas or like how do you how do you feel like that's affected you know having to not be in night after night doing it and only having let's say maybe once a week or something like that uh, where it's creative focused how do you feel that's affected your your process at all
1: honestly it's made me more excited when i get to do it Uh, (laughs) because you know there was a point where it was like All right, I'm doing this every day, you know. Before I had my own studio, it was like, all right, you know, I'm going down to the studio. I think my old studio was out in Blue Ash, and I had to drive up there. You know, it was a good 15, 20 minutes away. And I was like, gotta do this. I gotta get this song done. You know, I gotta sit down. I gotta write, and obviously enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But now it's at the point where it's like, if I have the time, all in, or Mm -hmm. maybe one of my artists reaches out and they're like i got this song but i didn't get it all the way finished but i kind of want you to collab when i hear that i'm super excited all right so not only do i get to help out this artist but i get to also write and be on the creative side myself so Mm -hmm. it's really just kind of pushed me to uh you know take those opportunities a lot more Mm
0: -hmm. and so like on the note of you know kind of running your business and doing uh like you said it's been a lot of paperwork lately i i think with anything right it's there's cycles it's high points and low points of certain things that you need to be doing to push everything forward. But how do you, how do you try to balance that kind of stuff? Like how do you try and make sure that there's enough time for the, the paperwork and the logistics and enough time for like the creative expression and like your own stuff as a, as a musician. Yeah. That has been the ultimate battle really. <laughs> you know, it's balances. One of the, I mean, that's <laughs> something I've been trying to figure out lately too, is like I will go through these periods of, like almost manic work and yeah. it's fine in the moment right like mm-hmm. it's like you know I'm being busy and I'm I'm happy with it and then I'll just be like oh I need to like hit the brakes here and I don't know if I know like I'm clearly past the point where I should have hit the brakes <laughs> and I'm like oh shit what I you know slam on the brakes and figure all that out like yeah it balances balances tough yeah mm-hmm. I'd be curious to hear how you what what your approach is to it
1: so really what I've been there was a time where I was like, okay, on this day, I'm working on uh, this artist music. On this day, I'm working on my own music. On this day, I'm working on acting stuff. On this day, you know, maybe I take a break. And, you know, there there used to be specific days for specific things. And that worked out for a while mm-hmm. until it got to the point where some stuff, what, you know, there's deadlines. You know, mm-hmm. I have a release date. You know i have you know i have to be on set on a certain day so it it got to the point where it was like okay i need to at the beginning of the week or at some point in time sit down and kind of make a a priority list of what needs to get done and what time it needs to get done and then you know it changes week per week obviously it, you know maybe this week might be only one thing or maybe this week you know hmm. i got to take one one thing or two things or maybe you know it gets to saturday night and i just need a break mm-hmm. and you know i just got to take that time to kind of get my mind space back so i can come into the next week strong so it's kind of a case-by-case uh, mm-hmm. basis based off of uh, what artists want done and what i can get done so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay
0: interesting and then so with with a lot of your music right something that's kind of stood out to me is uh it, it seems a lot of it is very character driven right mm-hmm. and the the stories that you're telling behind them and i don't think that that's a coincidence that you also are, you know, an actor and you do a lot of acting work. (laughs) How do you feel that, you know, being an actor and the whole separate creative endeavor that that is, um, how do you feel that has, or like what are some things or characteristics of your creative approach to acting? How has, has some of that influenced like your music and your writing and stuff
1: like that? Yeah. So I guess I'll kind of back up a little bit there and, so, when I first came into acting, I had already been making music for a while and mm-hmm. I'd already performed and already done a lot of that. But when I started acting, I noticed that my performance changes changed. you know I'll kind of go on stage and i'll do more of a show, make it more mm-hmm. of a theater than you know I'm rapping to the crowd. you know I want to mm-hmm. kind of create create a story with my with my body language and all of that so that's that when that kind of hit me, uh, I, I realized that I need to implement that into the actual creating process because i felt like it made each strong hmm. each song stronger and especially with you know as as you know the way my music it's not always the same style so you know i have a certain theme for a song you know which is a normal thing and what i like to do is kind of create a character for that for that song and i think that's kind of how those two tied together hmm. is you know when you get a giving given a character for a show you know, you can kind of create your own backstory if it's already given to you, or you mm-hmm. can create your own emotional scale if it's not already given to you. And that's kind of where I'm coming at with a song where, you know, you, what do I want the audience to feel here? This is this is my music and this is, you know, what I want to say, but how am I going to get it across mm-hmm. um, so that other people can still be on the same level and same, same page as me? Hmm. So I think that's kind of where the two definitely began to
0: overlap there. Are there any when you're developing that character for a song? Are there any like standard attributes or or things that you'll put together? Like one of the things you mentioned was like, uh, oh, I forgot what you mentioned. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I'll I'll just skip whatever that part of the question was. Um, and what uh, are there any like kind of recurring like attributes or or categories of things that you'll try and think through? Um, to develop that character for, for specifically for, um, um, like music.
1: Yes, yes. Um, on, so Phantom is my artist name for those who are listening, and his, I guess, like persona is more of a darker version of myself, mm. and that's just how it's always been. In the different, you know, maybe he's a little more confident, it's more cocky. Maybe he's a little darker. He has more, of the, you know demon affliction that kind of that kind of realm stays throughout all of the music you know no matter if i'm collaborating or making my own the the kind of the main persona that comes off is a darker more um, you know i guess it, what is the word i'm thinking of now it's not demonic i don't want it to go that far but it's it's just a, a somebody who's been afflicted you know because I put my, my pain and stuff through my music and I let out things that I don't talk about through my music. So, and it's usually more of the stuff that you don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Phantom character is a little on the, on the darker side of things. And, uh, and he's confident in that and he's okay with that. You know, he fights against those demons in that. Yeah. It's more, you know in contrast to my regular personality, is more cool, calm, and collected. You know, mm-hmm. try to keep that as much as I can. But when it's time to let it out, booth is over there. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we call it the confession booth. And yeah. go in there, <laughs> let it all out. And then I can come back to regular society and be okay. <laughs> uh-huh. um,
0: and so, like, as you're, you know, working with this this character that is Phantom, how are you identifying the parts that are that are you that you want to then take to that realm, right? And exaggerate in whatever manner that you'd like or or express in whatever manner. Like how are you identifying those parts and then determining how far from reality you pull them?
1: So one thing I always like to do with my music <clears throat> is I never <clears throat> try to go to a place where I can't show like a specific instance of this being my real life. Mm. So I never like to go, you know, Obviously, well, I guess not obviously. For those who are listening, I don't really talk about, you know... I don't even know what an exaggeration is now. Just, just stuff that isn't real. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, like there's, there is a tie to all of it. I never really like to make up anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'll use metaphors and similes and stuff like that. But there's always a basis of, you know, this line was said because of this part of my life, if you were to ask, mm-hmm. kind of thing. There's always a relation there because... That's where the song comes from to begin with. That's the only mm. way I can write. Is I mean, I know other people have their other ways, but I just personally, it's it's hard for me to kind of over embellish, mm-hmm. just because then I don't, I can't get the cadence correct. Mm. So I'll I'll look at my wall of muses, and these are the three muses that are kind of like the persona of Venom. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, so for the, for those listening, <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
0: Who who are your who are your three muses there?
1: Yeah. So first we have Venom. He, you know, you know Venom from the Marvel Universe. it, it comes upon you. and It just gets crazy. It, it, he's he's my wild persona. You know, especially I'm out at the bars and I'm clubbing. That's fan. That's uh-huh. that's Venom is just the wild animal of a person. And then we have the Joker, and it's a really awesome Joker photo that I got. Shout out to Matt again, and he is more of my, I would say, cunning side. The the more of the the diabolical things that mm. uh, that. You know, I do to get further in life that everybody does. It's it's more of the the the, the creepier side of things. Mm-hmm. And then we have myself in a skeleton form. I don't know if you can see it from there, mm-hmm. but if you move, the picture moves, and it kind of oh yeah shows like the darker side of myself. And I call that my ego. And he he is the more of the the cockier, confident side of things. That's you know not afraid of anything, and and you know is just out here. So those are the kind of the three Phantom personas that I, I I keep It's based off of what song I'm doing, you know, from leaning in more of a part of your song and lean more to the Venom side. If I'm mm-hmm. leaning toward a, a more thoughtful song where I need you to listen to every single word, you know, we go to the Joker side, mm-hmm. if, you know, if I'm, I that can kind of go through them all. But that's, that's mm-hmm. basically what the point of them are.
0: Okay. And is there anything like, or I guess you may have just kind of answered that question a little bit there, but. I get maybe I'm asking you to elaborate then. <laughs> yeah. how do you know like which which of the muses to kind of turn to? Is it is it more of a feeling? Is it just like more of a logical like? Well, this is like kind of a club banger, so we're gonna you know go towards towards this one. Or like, what's that what's that process like for finding the the right fit, so to speak?
1: Yeah, yeah. So as I said, I do like to go towards the music first. So as I'm listening to the beat. I can kind of understand where the song is going to go, then I know which kind of muse to turn towards. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, if I hear that part of your beat, you know, I know I'm going to turn towards Venom. If I hear more of a uh, a moni- monotonical beat, I can know I can turn towards uh, the Joker. If I'm, you know, using more of a cockier beat where I'm going to be just talking how great I am or whatever, mm-hmm. then I'll go towards the ego side. So that's kind of how I decide is first. It's always first music for me, mm-hmm. um, unless I'm, you know, freestyling and I say a good line or something cool, then I'll write it down. But mm-hmm. if if I'm going to create and it's going to go from start to finish, uh, music is the first part. Gotcha. And then, so like on the note of lyrics and stuff, I,
0: you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, you'll, you'll write stuff down or you'll have ideas throughout the day that you'll, that you'll jot down. What's your like note taking process or your process for like kind of grabbing those, those midday ideas or. You know, at points in time when you get struck with an idea where, you know, maybe you're not, maybe it's not 1.35 in the morning and you're <laughs> up here um, kind of in that mode, like how do you, how do you capitalize on that when it's not the
1: right, uh, the right moment for the idea? So unfortunately, well, I guess other people, you know, everybody's got their processes, but for me, I'm more of a, a pen and paper person, but if it's throughout the day, then my phone, you know, I got notes mm-hmm. and notes for days. I'm sure, you know, lots of people do just of specific you know whether it's a music video idea whether it's a line whether it's a song name whether it's some lyrics i just got you know i got them all organized in my phone based off of mm. what's what what the thought was mm-hmm. and then when it's time to you know be the one thirty o'clock in the morning then i you know if i'm stuck at all sometimes i'm not stuck and that list kind of piles up because mm-hmm. a new idea came when i came to sit down but if i do get stuck I can kind of go through that list. Oh, I need a line right now that's kind of talking about this. I'll scroll down or I don't know what I want to call this song. I'll, I'll scroll through my song list names or, you know, maybe I want to work on a music video. What kind of ideas do I want for that? Then I'll kind of scroll through that that list. And- mm. Is there any way that you
0: like, do you have a hierarchy with them? And do, do you like, uh, is there any way that you sift through them in terms of like identifying a value to them? Or is it just like in the moment, what's an idea that I need this type of idea. Let me see what's out there yeah
1: it's completely brainstorm it, it's not organized enough it's more of um, a timetable of i know if i scroll too far i'm gonna find stuff that i don't like anymore because mm. that's just not who i am as an artist and if i stay towards the top then those are my uh you know more recent thoughts gotcha gotcha have you ever has there ever been an instance where you
0: scrolled too far and you did find something that you were <laughs> surprised by you're like oh shit like that might you know that'll fit for this
1: this thing that I'm working on. Yes, yeah, man, I wish I just had had an example off the top of my head, <laughs> but I know for sure it's happened because there's been times where I'm like, I didn't even realize I said that line. That's clever. I'm putting it in the song. <laughs> I feel good about whoever that phantom was that wrote that because <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Yeah, there's been many times where I've been like, oh shit, that was. A... I don't know if I can cuss on here. My bad. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, there's been times where I was like, shit, that that line was hot. I got to put it in this song somewhere um and it's just always frustrating to try to figure out how to put it then to the beat because i wanted to say exactly what i wrote rather than trying to mess up words to make sure it fits in the song but yeah there's Mm. there's been times
0: (laughs) have you ever been going through that and come across an idea that maybe isn't right for the context in which you're working in at that moment but you catch it and go like oh that's an interesting idea i'd like to explore further have you ever had that happen
1: really the only times that's happened is back in the day when albums were more of a bigger thing i wish mm-hmm. they would come back but you know if i know i'm working on an album and i know what the album's about then i will like i'll hear a part i'll be like i know i need to write a song about that i'm gonna put this you know in a specific part of my notebook so that when it gets to that song i remember about that part mm-hmm. but more recently it you know, it's been, you know, everybody. everybody's about more of the singles at most in mm-hmm. EP, so it hasn't happened as often, but there have been times where I'm like, I need to make sure I remember this, this sort of thought. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And then, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, your your acting and some of that stuff. Um, how did you, like, how did you first get into acting?
1: That was a little bit of a crazy story. So I was living in South America at the time, actually. Um, I had been down there for I think about Four or five months at that time I stayed down there for a total of six months And I had gotten to the point With my music down there I was performing and stuff I was also going to school And the Chileans I was living in Chile The Chileans love American music Didn't know that And they loved black people And didn't know that And I was like When I'm down here This is about to—I'm about <laughs> to eat this up So when I was down there I ended up meeting with a few club owners and things like that. And I was able to start performing in the clubs down there. And it got to the point to where I was, uh, the school that I was going to, I was starting to make a bigger name for myself down there than I didn't know it was going to be possible. And the school that I was going to wanted me to travel with the school to these recruiting events for high schools. So I was going to college and these, this college wanted to recruit high schoolers. So they would have me come to these booths where they would have their college set up and they would, you know, plot me there. I did not know Spanish enough to <laughs> talk about the school, so my job was to take photos with all of these Chileans. So they would like talk to. So I was with uh, two other people. They would talk to them about the school, and then after they were done, you were like, "All right, now you can get a photo with Phantom." So I would take a photo with them, and then next person would come take another photo. I thousands of these i don't even know where all these photos are i was gonna say do you have any of them <laughs> no i wish i did <laughs> one of the schools we like left the school and uh all the kids were like waiting in the window and they had kind of signs and like all this stuff like hey, i don't like i feel like famous down here like, it, <laughs> like i was signing autographs and clubs <laughs> and like you know people would recognize me when i was shopping on the subway it was crazy down there but anyways
0: everything hey, really, was really quick i want to then then really i want to kind of ask some questions about Chile. then yeah what what was the performance what was it like performing in chile versus you know here in the states oh my gosh
1: chileans know how to party (laughs) it was a whole different experience so it was like so the clubs don't close until about six or seven o'clock in the morning and they have public transportation that's amazing and it costs a dollar so everybody stays that long because they know they can get home for a dollar yeah and the clubs will keep you know, letting you buy drinks for as long as you want because you know, everybody's taking public transportation home. It's basically another party bus on the way home. And they, not that they, you know, I don't know how well they knew English, especially when I was rapping, mm-hmm. you know, it was quick. But they really got into energy. So I noticed the more you put out there on the stage, the more you, you know, inter- interact with the crowd, the, the the crazier it got. Whereas I feel like here in the U.S., it was more of a, you need to prove yourself. To me, before I'm going to get into your music, mm. you know, especially on the independent level, it's like everybody will watch you ready to hate, yeah. and then you know, once they see other people kind of getting along, then they'll kind of jump in. Uh-huh. And Chile, it's like if you came out hot, everybody was hot no matter what. You got the energy, right? Them, Everybody's yeah. like, you know, I don't care what you're, you know, what's about to happen, but if you if you hyping me up, we're gonna be hype. And that's it was like a whole different type of vibe down there, and it it, it was it was amazing. I. I think that was your question. Was that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no wrong answers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um,
0: was there? Had you been performing in the states before you went down to Chile?
1: Yes. Yeah, I done uh, in. Like I said, performing in Chile wasn't even a goal. I was going mm-hmm. down there for school until I found out about the rest of the stuff. But performing in the states, I'd done that um, Fountain Square. I don't know it, the listeners, downtown Cincinnati area mm-hmm. um, near UC. Even up near more of the Mason Westchester area coffee shops and a couple mm. venues up there, school talent shows, things like that.
0: So, was there? Did you find yourselves, or did you find yourself, you know, performing mm. things differently, or or making adjustments to your performance in Chile specifically? Was there anything that you noticed about the the characteristic or the you know certain things that you might have done differently?
1: Uh, hmm. I think just because. I feel like music is a whole journey of development. I don't know if it's because I was in Chile mm-hmm. or if it was because I was just trying to be a better performer. Mm-hmm. It definitely made it easier, you mm-hmm. know, when you, go, when you go on stage and people are already hyped for you. Mm-hmm. It seems like you can kind of try anything. You feed off the energy. Yeah, you yeah. Know, feed off each other. Whereas, you know, in the States, it, it was, you know, more new. Maybe not new because I'd been performing for a while, but it was it was just growing Mm -hmm. It was trying to grow more and more and more so when I got to Chile and it was almost easier it was easier to grow faster
0: yeah was there then I guess maybe a better way to to phrase the question is was there where did the question go it's in my head somewhere (laughs) better way to phrase the question there we go (laughs) Uh, was there anything that as you were developing as a performer um, how do you think that that energy in in Chile and the performances in Chile affected your performances moving past or like, you know, after that.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of what kind of tied into the acting thing was the way I was able to perform in Chile was to be more open and be more of taking up the, the space that they gave Hmm. me that the stage that they gave me, it was more about being, less closed off you know mm-hmm. especially I mean I know some artists songs and some songs can even you know allow for that but the music that I was performing needed to be more boisterous and having that vibe in chilly allowed me to kind of learn how to work a stage rather than you know my, my own little space it allowed me to kind of learn that walking back and forth while staying on beat while maybe dancing while maybe trying to get other people to you know raise their hands and give them slaps and all that kind of jazz so i think that's kind of what it taught me was just how to interact with the crowd more interesting
0: okay and then so like you're down in chile you're you know you're performing on the club scene until 6 (laughs) a.m taking public transit everywhere right um how like how did you you i mean did she take public transit home one morning and drunkenly stumble into like a theater or like an acting studio? How did that
1: right? So actually one of my friends, she was a she was oh, what is the word? Her host family. Um mm-hmm. so I met a friend, her host family, one of the daughters was an actress. And I ended up getting to meet her and kind of telling her, you know, what I do and all this kind of stuff. And then she invited me. And my friend and uh, I think it was just us three. So me, and my friend, and Casey out to one of the performances, at one of the shows, and there. Was, and she was basically like, you know, this is just being an extra in this show. And at that time, I was like, I didn't really have any interest in. It. And I was like, oh, but you know, it'd be kind of cool go to Chilean soap opera. And
0: so it was see like, you know, film for like broadcast, like soap opera television. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. It gotcha. was a
1: it was a soap opera called. El Secrets and L. Hardine or something like that. If anybody ever finds that, I'd be super happy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically, it was us visiting a concert hall. And first we go in and they bus us out to this place where we get our costume. All of this kind of stuff sounds like normal now, but they like put you in a, in a, in a bus. They take you to get your costume. They take you to get makeup. And all this kind of stuff was all super exciting for me. I was like, oh, this is actually really dope. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sitting here getting ready for this. Playing soap opera, and then they bust us to set, we get the set, and uh, again, like I said the the diversity down there is not huge, so they saw me get off the bus and they were like, "This black guy, we're putting him up here <laughs> so they took me away from the other people I was with, set me up front around this time, famous plans that I didn't know I, you know like. Mm-hmm just figured they you know i had no idea who they were so they sat me up there and i just got to watch them work you know Mm -hmm. i got to watch them do their scene and you know watch the director and watch the camera guys and the sound guys and i was just kind of taking it all in and 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 that's when it kind of hit me that i was like music is being an actor like you Mm -hmm. are performing you are Mm -hmm. you know creating a character and when i get back to the u.s i'm gonna find ways to do this Mm -hmm. so that's what kind of hit me there and i was like this this is a great experience and Went back and told my host mom who I was next to and she got all excited and I wish I knew their names, but it was it was a good time. It was a good time.
0: It was so was that the only acting you did in, in Chile yeah, it was just yeah, that one extra it was spot.
1: That one extra spot. Huh. And then it was just like, oh this is great. All right. So uh, <laughs>
0: so then you come back to the States and um I mean yeah, I guess what was your your kind of first steps in, in trying to uh, to get into it
1: here in the States? So uh while luck had it, when I got back to the States the next engineer that I was working with had a, uh, he was working on film as well. He like wanted to um, not only do music, but wanted to do film. And then I told him, I was like, I'm interested in doing it. And I have friends that are actors, you know, being in music, you do beat other people. So I already knew people who wanted to act. Mm -hmm. And well, I guess let me back up. So when I first got back, I did meet somebody else who worked with an agency and he told me to come out and be in Miles Ahead was the movie. Mm It was Don Cheadle, Ewan McGregor, and it was about Miles Davis's time. So he told me to come out to that. And after I did that, again, I you know loved being an extra. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to do this and, you know, start being a lead or co-lead or something like that. And then that's when my studio engineer told me that he wanted to work on a web series. Mm. And I was like, I'd love to do it. So he let me be the lead in that. And then we got as much people as we can and that helped build my resume and helped blast off really all my whole rest of my acting career. And, uh, yeah.
0: So, so you go to Chile, you do this, this spot, um, you know, on a, on a Chilean soap opera, you're an extra, you're in the background, <laughs> then you come back and like the first thing out of the box you're doing is like, you're a, a lead on a independent production. <laughs> um, what, like, what was that process like? Like what were the things that you had to like kind of figure out how to do in the, in the whirlwind. And like, I mean, I'm sure working on an independent production, I've, I've only been on the post-production end of it, but like Mm -hmm. sure, you know, even there it can be kind of a whirlwind of, of stuff happening. Like what,
1: I guess, what was that, what was that process like for you? Really? It was very, you know, a big learning process. It was, is, it was understanding that acting is not as easy as it looks Mm -hmm. and you have to, really learn how to stay in an emotional state more than you do with music because with music you're at least behind a mic
0: mm-hmm.
1: with acting they see your whole body so you need to shoot mm-hmm. the scene the exact same way all of the time have that same emotion in the same feel. so it was really uh, a learning process and luckily the people that I was working with were also learning you know these weren't we are also independent actors mm-hmm. and you know they granted they had more experience than I did but that made it nice for me because then i could kind of lean on them like hey mm-hmm. you know what should i do here what should i do here and since i was the lead and the reason i got the lead role is because i was more i looked at the part more than the rest of the cast mm-hmm. so it was like it wasn't because of my acting skill it was more because of it just fit mm-hmm. and so then it was just time for me to start learning asap because mm-hmm. if i'm going to do this i need to especially if i'm going to put lead on my resume you know and and apply for another one people are going to be expecting a higher caliber than somebody who has just extra mm. roles on there so it was really about learning that like a master class on acting and and really just kind of dove into how to be an actor mm. and then so what were some of those
0: like do you remember any of the things that you picked up like on set from some of the other actors or things that like you know maybe you kind of kind of figure out in the moment
1: yeah the biggest thing i i kind of noticed was the ability to stick to the script but add you know breaths or add like a stutter Mm -hmm. or add things that make you more real than Hmm. understanding that you're just reading from a script Mm -hmm. so it was more about learning how to trick your mannerisms into thinking this is the first time that you're saying this out loud Mm -hmm. so that was really the biggest thing I could learn from them was I, I was easy at memorizing and it was easy at Cadence because music, which was nice, but mm-hmm. then you had to learn how to make yourself real life. Mm-hmm. So I think it was that. That's yeah. that 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 note about
0: you had to learn how to make it not sound like it was, or make it sound like it was the first time you've said it. Mm-hmm. it is kind of interesting. Is there have you applied that idea to your music at all in any way, and like your performances and your recording? Or
1: yeah, I think the way I do it there is make sure I have at least a glass of water. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Because the the voice can go out real quickly, and then it sounds like you've been doing this all day. And the other thing is to stay in in it, in quotes. Just just make sure that you keep the this type of energy that you're coming at it with, in a way. Make it keep it in a way where you can, I guess, keep your mind space straight. Oh. Uh, so everybody kind of has their own ways of doing that, but I'm not a big one on like leaving. Leaving the studio, going out, you know, and then coming back in until a song is done. Mm. Um, so maybe you know I do that after a song is done, but until then, it's really just about staying in it, you know, in that in that moment, right. In the energy, right? Yeah. right.
0: Uh, okay, and then so like you're you've got this lead, like you know you're kind of you're doing some other jobs. What does you know? Let's say you you get a character. What does that creative process look like for you? Because I. As somebody who doesn't know anything about acting, mm-hmm. other than, you know, I guess what what I could guess, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I it it seems a lot of a lot of it is kind of prepared for you, right? So how do you uh, how do you make it your own? Like, what's your process like to uh, to kind of make it your own and and become one with the character a little
1: bit? Yeah, I was honestly that's kind of where I was going to go with it was becoming one with the character, and the way I like to do that is kind of how I do with my my lyrics is where there's no part of it that seems embellished the way I do it with a character is I try to think of all of the ways that I am alike of this character Mm. so I can really just kind of get into the character's mindset of okay I've been through these experiences I've you know done that even if even if it's not even if I haven't exactly been through those experiences I try to just you you kind of trick your mind into getting there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, not, not exactly like method acting or anything, but more for me, it's more of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like I need to create this person. This person needs to be real kind of back to the whole, you Mm -hmm. know, persona personable thing that I like about The creative process is really just kind of getting to know and really believing that this character exists and knowing that once, you know, I'm practicing or once I hear action, I am now that person, mm-hmm. you know, Philip does it. There's no Philip right now. This is them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, being able to talk to that person or talk about that person in third person and not refer to the character as me. So, yeah.
0: Are there any sort of like, you know, tricks or techniques that you'll use to, um, I'm trying to remember the, the language that you used, but tricks or techniques that you use to like kind of become on with the character or, or, like make it make it real
1: yeah <clears throat> i think the the first thing i tend to do is whatever parts of the, the character that i'm not given i fill in myself mm. so you know if i don't really know the person's backstory or i don't know the person's mannerisms or maybe they have some sort of psychological disorder or something that i wasn't given i, I like to make and if you know the director or you know, anybody in the production team doesn't like it, then obviously I can switch that. Mm-hmm. But to become one with the character, I think you need to at least pretend like you know the character better than anybody else. Hmm. Like once the character is is new, then like once you are the person who understands the character the most, you can bring the character to life the best, mm-hmm. I think. Um you know, I don't know how the A-listers feel about that answer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. Okay, so, yeah, to, to bring us back to the conversation, yes. we'll have to cut. We had a bunch of hot gossip about some, some A-list <laughs> actors that we've got the insider scoop on yeah. um, that we don't, we're not privy to share the details right. of their life. So, we're out of respect, are going to cut that. <laughs> um, <It's> hush, hush. <laughs> but um, what were we just talking about before? What would do you remember what you had, oh, uh, or no, that was. So,
1: we talked about how the creative process in um, finding a character because we we're talking about acting. Yeah? Oh no, yes. If we were, um,
0: yeah. How, when you're, you know, making that character real, how much of the, the things that you're adding that aren't given to you, how much of that comes from you versus comes from the character? If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. That's a deep question. Hmm. I think it would really depend on, not only my mood at that time, but how strong the character already is. Mm. Like if I, you know, say it's beyond a short or it's beyond, you know, a featured extra role. If it's, if, you know, I'm bleeding in this, then usually I get a lot. Mm -hmm. And then it's more of like the character's telling me about who he is. But if it's a short or, um, you know, I am an extra role, then it's more of me creating this character and bringing it to them Mm. uh, and kind of sharing what i've gotten to know about them uh so yeah i think that's that's um frame that and then and then as you're doing that is there
0: any sort of like framework or or specific things that you'll think about or like a structure that you'll try and build a character around
1: Uh, kind of depends on the the film i think for me that whole process is a very uh I want to say visceral, but I I don't even know how to define that word, so I don't know if it's the right word to use. <laughs> um, but I think it's it's more of a. It almost feels like a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. You know, I can really understand how acting can take a toll on your brain because, mm-hmm. as as I've shared before with the the whole the whole personas mm-hmm. thing, really for me it feels like you have to break what you are to bring this person in. Mm-hmm. And it, it can, it can be taxing, especially, you know, a long filming day of trying to go back and forth. And, and really there's, you know, if I'm a lead on something, there's many times where I'm like, I just need to go be by myself for a little bit because it just kind of, it wears on you a little bit, but
0: yeah. How uh, similar to kind of what we talked about earlier with, uh, you know, having to block out work and, and, you know, set set times of of breaks and stuff like how do you is there any way that you kind of manage the the rhythm of having to kind of break from a character or is it just totally dictated by your schedule on set
1: yeah i mean it's it's really is if i'm really well versed with the scene then i can take a longer or 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 more often break of being able to kind of step away but most of the time it's it's, it just kind of depends on what what's needed for the scene Mm. Uh, you know if it's some b-roll shots it's a lot easier to kind of just break away yeah. but if it's like you know this is about to be an emotional scene and this is gonna get real serious then it it's hard to kind of step away from that even when the director does say cut you know even if like especially if you have to like cry in a scene or something like that then it's like we can we can cut but I need to go be a mom myself and stay in this energy yeah and stay in this like you know upsetness Because I I can't go back to being Phil right now because it's going to be hard to switch back into being the character. Mm -hmm. So there has definitely been times where it's just like, you know, it's it just depends. Yeah. Any
0: all since we're kind of nearing the end, because I think we're coming up on like an hour. uh, But uh, um, any what are some of your influences like And I'm just going to intentionally leave it broad, like (laughs) artistically. Yeah, artistically. Artistically, might and some of the first ones that come to mind. So I'm I'm a big, obviously into multiple um, realms of entertainment. So don't even don't even give me like a qualifier on the on the realms of entertainment. Just give me like throw out like let's say three to five of your influences, like people or like or you just leaving it broad, broad. Leaving it broad,
1: broad. Yeah. Oh man.
0: Independent of of context type of creation all that like what are what are some of your influences
1: my relationship with god for one huge influence in my life another influence would be just oh how do i say it um kind of uh, exploring the bounds of what people say is it can be done it can't be done Mm. I'm a big proponent of why God I wish I had the name of this person this quote is my favorite quote maybe I can just is it okay if I just pull it up yeah yeah go for it okay my favorite quote and it kind of is the biggest driver for almost everything if not everything that I do Um, where is it here Ah, here it is. I won't read the whole thing, but it's by uh, Marion Williamson. And it says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. So that's kind of like my, Hmm. the thing I keep in my mind often is like, I feel like people try to put you in a box and people try to put themselves in a box. And I feel like it's just be yourself. Do you, do your mm-hmm. dance, you know, just just create and be and enjoy, you know, the life that you have. And nobody's really stopping you from doing as much as you can and being great. But in that other realm, my probably last influence is understanding that rest is important, mm-hmm. which I need to get better at because as you can see, I do a lot of things, and I want to do all of the things, and I think I can do all of the things, and that is maybe to a fault, but it's just um, kind of understanding that other side of it is that you are still only human, um, so you do need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't.
0: Uh, I don't think I could have. Uh, you know. Fitted a more poignant or or better way to end this so i think we'll uh I movie going a little over an hour um it's been awesome man yes
1: it has been well, thank sick, you
0: sick yeah i'll, I'll we'll yeah, cut it awesome. but uh yeah thank you of course man. wow good job you made it to the end thank you for listening this far into this podcast i'm sure that's good for my engagement metrics or whatever the algorithm overlords are interested in check out the description for any show notes Links to the information about the guest or myself in this podcast, and and uh, yeah, that's it. Am I done recording these uh, intros and outros? I think I am. And yeah, that's it. I don't really know what else to say, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave it here.